Hey guys, welcome to Biomass episode 111. Um, glad you could join us tonight if you're either streaming now or listening and recording uh, tomorrow or whenever Zell gets it uploaded. Uh, we're glad you could join us. So uh, yeah, episode 111, a special shout out to the folks over in Vault 111 in Fallout 4. I uh, hear they're a pretty cool group of guys. They're they're really chill and, uh, and uh, you know, all that. So... <laughs> <laughs> My brother's staring at me in, in, in shame. <laughs> um, but yeah, enough stupid jokes about 111. So uh, we'll start off with some introductions at the top of the list with Sarai Zell. Hi, I'm Sarai Zell. I'm a co-host here on the show and editor on the blog. Um, I, I play Overwatch. <sighs> yes, and Bait? Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Bait. I'm a host here on the show and I don't play Overwatch. Something wrong with you. He's not a raving fanboy. I'm I'm proud of you, son. All right. And uh, Jason? Yeah, I'm Jason. I'm one of the co-hosts here on Biomast. And uh, let's see. Not only did we give a shout-out to Vault 111, but I think that 111 is also the, 900, uh, the 911 number in the UK and Australia. Or as my, my relatives like to refer to it, 911. Uh, and that's no shit. That's how they say 911 when you ask them. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the emergency number. And and if I'm not mistaken, uh, 111 on the periodic table is center mass at the bottom to the slightly to the right. And it is, uh, it's an R name. I can't remember, but it's like a, it's a synthetic radioactive isotope. Somebody, somebody Google that one and let me know if I'm somewhere in the neighborhood. You are, and I'm not going to attempt to pronounce it, but it does start with an R, and it is where you said it is. Okay, sweet. All right. And and for the record, do you play Overwatch? I do, and in fact, I I dominate in Overwatch. <laughs> my uh, my uh, happy happy thought of the day was that uh, I was able to unlock the Mariachi skin for Reaper, uh, so I, I immediately you know set forth a Twitter challenge to Robert Rodriguez to come get some. Uh, if I he saw would dare. that. Dare step into dare dare step into my dojo. Awesome and uh, Livy. Hi, I'm Livy, and one 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 is actually the emergency line in Japan as well. Legit. There you go. <laughs> and I'm Pokey Draven, uh, co-host here on the show. I used to write for the blog. I should at some point, and uh, I play Fallout Four and make stupid chill jokes. So. Without uh, much further ado, let's get going on with the show. We got a couple topics lined up. I'm sure that uh, Zell and Jason will probably want to talk about Overwatch because that seems to be the thing. And I will admit the idea of a mariachi skin is is pretty well, pretty legit. So I kind of want to hear about that. Um, we're also going to touch on some uh, things going on over in the Steam universe with their summer sale. Uh, for those of you familiar with PC gaming, the Steam sale in summer and winter are usually a pretty big deal. Lots of good deals, so we'll talk about that. Uh, also probably hit up on some free things you can do on console and PC. May that be a demo or a free game or a PlayStation Plus bonus or something like that. And we'll probably go into our main topic, which is... In short, games that we wish someone would make for the love of God, why is it taking us so long to do it? Um, not necessarily sequels or anything like that, but just, you know, styles of games or, or certain set of, set of games that, that people want to play. So, I, I'm uh, going to say it right now. If anybody says Half-Life 3, you're off the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they already made Team Fortress 3. They just called it Overwatch. But that uh, <laughs> being said, let's go into the Overwatch talk uh, with uh, Zell and Jay. What do you guys want to talk about? 
I, I honestly, I was just, I had to bring it up right at the intro of the show just to troll you because you were in, you, you seem to be complaining about it. I honestly, I have not much to say as, um, I, I, I tried the, uh, what's it called? Uh, Torbjorn. I can't pronounce his name. I tried him the other day, yesterday. Um, Torborn. Okay. Um, but, uh, no, actually what I finally, finally did, and I really should have, it's kind of one of those things, like, I'm not sure why I didn't try it before. Um, but uh, I finally tried actually recording my screen when I uh, was playing a game. So um, I, I had actually, I bought like a, a game recording software, and I'm not sure why I did, um, on the Steam sale. Um, it killed the frame rate of my computer when recording, so I refunded it. And uh, then I realized that uh, NVIDIA Shadow plays a thing my computer's had for years. Um, and so I, I was playing with that this weekend. Wow, that's that sounds incredibly complicated. I usually just use my left thumb and reach over and hit the share button on my PS4 controller. And it works <laughs> like fucking magic. Very nice, sir. Yeah, I like that PS4 because it's retroactive. It records the last 15 minutes of gameplay, so you don't necessarily have to turn it on if you're yeah. playing. When oh shit, that was badass. And I don't know if what, uh, that's Shadow, Shadow Play has that. That's what oh, Shadow Play it. is for. Yes. Okay, um, that's pretty legit. But of yeah. course, it only does that if you've actually configured it to do that and, you know, turned it on. <laughs> Have you a, well, actually, you know, there's an interesting feature I can, I actually was playing around with, um, God, I want to say like Friday night or, or yesterday. Have you tried the highlight the highlight tab in the main menu yes. of Overwatch? Yeah. Cause the, the thing that I found is entertaining about it is it is you get to see those shots where you were totally like, Oh, that's totally going to be the play of the game, but then wasn't. Um, and, and you can also go get your play of the games as well. So that's, that's actually, that's the tab I was using to record. I actually put, um, one of my play of the games, uh, from the other day, um, on, uh, on YouTube because a friend of mine told me that I had to record it. Um, and I, I don't even think it was that impressive. It was just, it was kind of funny cause he's like, Hey, does, uh, does Reinhardt, will Reinhardt's, uh, uh, what's it called? Charge get you over the gap. And I'm like, I don't know. Let's find out. And, uh, you know, it was fun. Yeah, no, I, I was playing around with that, and that's that's what I picked up on was uh, if you want to effectively get a cool highlight reel uh, and you want to stream that or you want to put that up as a video, uh, Overwatch has definitely got that baked in. And by the way, this is I, I did a little did a little research, and and uh, the the word at least that you can pick up from the, on the different Blizzard forums and the Reddits is that that was uh, squarely put in there. Uh, because they, they certainly, at least towards the end of, of the build of the game, they clearly had esports in mind. So that was one of the little features that they wanted to include in there uh, to make it very, very easy to share. Uh, and also kind of like, again, kind of cultivate that highlight reel, you know, best best plays of the game kind of, kind of uh, tool for the players. And the thing that I found is interesting about it is it, it lets you access like five highlights during a game session. Um and what's what's interesting there is that it keeps the best ones. It's not like the last five matches you played. It's the five highlights of the game for you. It, it, you know, it's your five best moments over the entire time you've been p- sitting there playing the game. Yeah, no, I, I, that's what I didn't pick. See, that's that's what I didn't pick up on until uh, till it, like yesterday. I just thought it was like whatever the last match was, last one or two matches, because I'd never really messed around with it. But then I kept, I kept flipping into it after every two or three matches, and I noticed that it wasn't, you know, sequential. It was literally like this incredibly some half luck, half skill, but looked totally badass kind of um, 
classic teleport reaper into the middle of like five dudes and kill four of them and then finish off the last one kind of thing. Um, so that was, I was like, wow, that was pretty cool. But that was like several games ago. Uh, so that that's when I figured it out. Now, I, now, what I don't know is what I haven't figured out is how's the algorithm work for what's play of the game and what's your high, like how does it decide to keep all that stuff? I, I'm not really clear on that, but it does pick some pretty good stuff. It uses magic. <laughs> Most things do. Yeah, it's got some I, sort I, of behind the scenes I, scoring system for for like you know, I, I I know that like using an alt does something, kills obviously does something, stopping someone else's alt as like canceling out one of their alts is actually a decent amount of points. Um, and obviously you don't see any scoring in the game at all, but it seems to have some sort of internal scoring. It uses to decide what second or five seconds of your of your game was the best five seconds of your game. It's usually pretty good. It's pretty spot on. Usually when you think, oh, that's got to be the play of the game, more than not, it is at least your highlight. Yeah, I heard people complaining about how <laughs> the uh, the play of the game is, is really unfair and they, they always feel like they're getting gypped because some other less awesome play is, is getting the, the highlight opposed to whatever they're doing. Yeah, no, I could totally see that. If you're pulling off like a like a, a really solid support move or something like that, or protecting somebody, I see like if uh, if you're like a, a healer like uh, Vinyata or Mercy or something like that, and you're 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 probably not really you probably don't have a lot going for you in terms of like play the game type material because I I suspect it's easier just to count kills like kills over time. Or well, actually, the other thing I've seen a lot is like if you stop somebody's super, like if uh, if somebody's like capping is like punching a super up and it goes through that little short wind up animation, if you if you kill them, like a lot of times that will end up being a play of the game. Yeah, I will say that's actually a cool feature that it can somehow figure out, you know, what is what is cool or important or, or exciting and then actually pull that out for for the most part being pretty accurate. That is a pretty cool feature and I, I would be curious to see how they actually calculate that. Um regardless of what's There's going on the, the back end there. Probably secret probably. sauce. You'll probably and, never see that. Oh, and I guarantee it because they don't want people to to game it and and you know for try to try to make it happen for for stupid stuff just to ruin it for everybody else because you know people, that'll happen. Actually, I just I literally just googled it and I and there's like five or six uh, uh, interviews like Polygon, Gamespot, stuff like that that are actually interviewing Blizzard talking about play of the game, improving how they pick play of the game. Uh, and it's it's like a it's an actual actual interview and yeah it, it basically says what you just said pokey that it's it's hard to it was particularly initially when the game comes out it's it's hard to to work with support players but they are tuning it like continually uh to to have a much more broader uh set of parameters that will net you play of the game well that's pretty good i mean you, you ideally you want to have it be uh you know, fair for everybody, regardless of what role you're playing. And, you know, like you said, basing it solely off the kills is easy, but it's not really a, a fair way to do it because you've got some support players, which will absolutely, you know, save the game for a team, you know, in a lot of MMO style games or even just, you know, hero based games like. Uh, and the big one that deserves the scoring more more often than not is Mercy when she reses the entire team after your someone else has killed your whole team. There's actually a couple times you'll see someone get the play of the game for killing like the whole team. And then right at the end of the play of the game, you'll see Mercy just go whoop, and they're all back. That's awesome. All righty, Taddy. Um, any anything else on Overwatch, guys? No, I think we can put the topic to bed for the show. Really, it, it's at, at least mean, for this week, right? 
<laughs> I'm sure it'll be ongoing as they talk about uh, balance and whatnot. You guys can certainly chime in on that and and talk about what's going on because I'm sure we got a lot of people that that do play Overwatch that are are interested. So we'll we'll be sure to hit this one up probably on a, a fairly regular basis because I think it'll stick around and be pretty prevalent for a while here. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about Steam. Uh, PC gamers out there, uh, if you play PC games, you probably know what Steam is, or I'd be shocked if you didn't. Um, Steam is uh, run by Valve, which is you know Team Fortress Two and Half Life, that sort of deal. But they're they're kind of the one of the de facto uh, sellers of, of PC games, and twice a year they run one of their big sales, once in the summer and once in the winter. And they, they run offer... like four now. Oh, do they now? I, I I just know the two big ones are usually the ones I'm tracking. Yeah, they do one for like every season, but the summer one is the first one, and it's the biggest one. Yeah, and they they have crazy deals usually, and they they tend to have running like you know couple hour deals where you get like a game for like ninety percent. Don't do that anymore. They don't really. No, they they um they decided to switch to a model where it's just the the best discount they're going to provide for the game for the whole two weeks, um, and that's that's just how they do it now. I, I can buy that. It was it was a little frustrating because you would kind of play this game of chicken where you'd sit and wait throughout the week to see if I was going to get it or not because the price might go down. Um, and that, that could have actually cost them some sales and people, you know, waited and then spent the money on something else or, or whatever. So I, I can kind of see why they might go that direction with it. Yeah, but there is, you know, they still get you to sign on every day. There's a trade, there's like a, you know, trade uh, summer sale badge and there's trading cards. They, they hand out for it and you need the whole set of them to make badges. So, and you get them by checking in every day and looking at games and stuff like that. So, and those trading cards are actually pretty cool. I, I don't get too into it, but I did for a while um, in one of the, the winter sales. And you can actually use the trading cards to unlock um, special uh, in-game exclusives for certain games. Like for example, uh, I, I got this one card and I was able to trade it in and get a skin for Rhino in Warframe on my my PC account. And it was an exclusive skin that was just for the summer or for the winter sale, I think, and you couldn't get it anywhere else. So I mean, it, it's not just you know trading cards. They actually have some value um, that you can use to to get exclusives in games. And I think you can actually even sell them to people, if I recall. Yes, you can sell. You can buy and sell them on the on on the market. A lot of cards generally go for roughly like seven cents a card. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not it's not expensive. But then they have foil cards, which are like. 35. I don't know why you would need a foil card. It's an online... It's on your screen, for God's <laughs> right. sakes. Um, but they have... You can make a, set, a foil badge with a set of foil cards and, and stuff like that. And so that does get... Um, you know, there there is a whole market to it of sorts. I've, I've sometimes filled out some of the time-limited badges with that. Um, the sale trading cards do expire at the end of the sale, so any you don't have badged, you probably want to sell. And so I've sold them for like, you know seven or ten cents a piece and then then turned around and gotten a couple normal trading cards that filled out a set here or there yeah and that's that's just kind of one of the things i like to do with uh, the sale just to encourage people to kind of be active and actually have a, a bit of a community which is it's, it's kind of fun you know um i i typically don't jump on the summer sale for whatever reason i, I tend to do it more around the winter time but it is kind of fun to, to track the sales and then the little events they do and they tend to have like a little story storyboard where you're the community is going through through different things in the storyboard. It's you know it's it's all for fun, but it is something that's certainly worth checking out, especially if you're a PC gamer and and, and want to pick up some some games for cheap. Like I know that like just looking at the front page here, they've got Space Engineers, which is 
basically Minecraft in space, um, but it has a lot of kind of the stuff that people are looking at in Star Citizen. It's, you know, not quite as shiny, but it's, you know, you can build a spaceship and you can fly around this this world and you can land on a planet and go mining and stuff. And it's like 70% off, so it's like 750 right now. And normally, you know, uh, 35 or 34, something like that. So, I mean, th- this is the time if you've got a PC and or you just have, like don't have a gaming PC, just a normal PC, hop on there. They got games for like a dollar, you know, it's certainly worth looking at. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, some some of the games worth highlighting, just to mention is, you know, here here on the show, of course, we're, we're fans of uh, the Shadowrun series, and, and we've, uh, you know, talked to some of the, the developers, um, is uh, Shadowrun Dragonfalls, $3, uh, Hong Kong is $7, and that was only released, like, what, a year ago? Last yeah, year? Hong Kong, I don't even think is a year old. It's technically a year old, but th- those are that's that's why I love Steam. Like Steam sells over like a long weekend or right before you take a take a vacation. That's like dangerous. Um, but yeah, that, no, that's that's a great example. That's probably well, like seven bucks for for Hong Kong is well worth the gaming time if you if you like those kind of games. That's a that's a pretty solid value. Um. Another one I wanted to mention was um, uh, one that Jay had mentioned on the show previously called The Magic Circle. Um, yes. <laughs> and that's that's currently $10. And I actually, um, I had purchased it, I think I paid a, a tiny bit more through like a Humble Bundle, the Humble Bundle store or something like that. But um, I bought it uh, oh, actually several weeks ago, but I hadn't really gotten a chance to try it. I did try it um, this last week. Um, and I, I have to say it is actually, it's quite a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's, Definitely, very this this wonderful experience of of watching this train wreck of game development. Um, and uh, the the characters aren't funny. You've got this terrible game developer, and then his employees, one of which uh, wants to get fired, and the other one treats him like some sort of god. Um, and you're playing through this half wrecked game environment that you can actually tell, like it for as much as it's designed to look like a really really badly designed game. To do the effects the way that they've done, they actually had to build a pretty good game to do it. Um, and uh, you know, you can edit everything and and screw around with it, and it's it's quite entertaining. Yeah, I, that that was a uh, very much the uh, the thought that I I took away when I when I first dug into that game a little bit, Zell. The it, it's it's interesting when you start messing around with it. You're like. Somebody took painstaking care to recreate uh, elements, uh, all the all these like prototypical elements of a bad game, but they did it in such a way that it is fun to play with, which which to me was masterful. I, I have not. It's certainly a unique unique take on a game. And there's little de- developer logs all over that uh, explain why why things exist this way. I made this visible because this isn't this shouldn't be here, and so until you fix it, I di- I put it here. That's pretty awesome. How much is the uh, Magic Circle running for on Steam right now? Ten dollars. It's usually twice that. So. Okay, that's a pretty good deal. Funny enough, fifty percent off is actually not a fantastic percentage off for the Steam sale. Usually, you see you know fifty to ninety percent off on some of these games. Yeah, well, I mean, as mentioned, like the uh, uh, Shadowrun Hong Kong is currently seven dollars. Its normal price is twenty. So. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Fifty percent off is is legit. Uh, you know, discount. I'm just saying that you know, in general, these games are really cheap for the sales, so it's certainly worth checking out. I think it's you know, this one's this one's less than a year old as well, so I think that's a big yeah. part of why you know, obviously the deals get more drastic as as time goes on. Um, 
I think Battleborn right now is 30 on here. What when not during the Steam sale, it's it's already down to 40 anyways, so it's really not a big deal um, here. But that's because it's only you know a couple months old. Yeah, it's also a good place to pick up. Uh, you know, if you haven't bought a game yet, pick up like the uh, you know the definitive edition where it's got all the DLC and stuff. You can usually get a really good deal on that. Um, one game that we probably should mention that is on sale for forty percent off is uh, XCOM Two, which uh, our buddy over at Dragon Punk, uh, who's making that big cool Shadow Run mod for XCOM Two, um, we had him on the show. We should probably get him back again pretty soon here. But uh, if you don't have XCOM Two and you're looking forward to that mod that he was talking about, uh, probably a good time to pick it up forty percent off. Uh, let's see how much it is right now yeah it's only 36 bucks right now it's normally 60 so i mean it's a pretty new game i think it came out uh february 4th this year so i mean it's it's only less than six months old and it's uh 40 off right now so definitely worth uh grabbing if that's something you're interested in like the first game and i think uh correct me if i'm wrong jay but xcom 2 is coming to console too right uh no i, th- I think yes. that's one of the are you sure about that because that's yeah, that's I something know, i have not I seen no it's Come to Xbox. Okay, well that's that's money then, because I've I, it, at the time when we when we interviewed um, uh, the Dragon Punk uh, guys, they I did I did not think it was coming to console at that time, but I I suspect that's changed. Uh, it is coming to PS4 and Xbox September 2016. There you have it. That's it good. We should buy uh, uh, ping Dra- Dragon and see if that mod is going to be something that's uh, supported on console because I know that uh, we've got a couple games coming out you know, in the near future or already out that are going to be getting mod support on console so that'd be pretty cool if that's something they could actually swing. Yeah, I think that's that's a trend that's happening recently now. Yeah, you know, that makes me wonder if that will start to become more of a thing, uh, games supporting mods on consoles. Well, I, I can't imagine it. It wouldn't. It's It's got to be... I mean, consoles are effectively much closer to a PC now. I mean, think about it. I mean, and really, that's the way Microsoft is kind of going. I think they are, you know, as a bit of an aside, I think Microsoft acknowledges that they clearly lost this round of the console wars. And I think they're stepping out and they're going to start building uh, basically Steam boxes. You know, I think the next Xbox is going to look like a Steam box. Well, you're see the architecture of the systems moving towards PC style, anyways. I I think it's pretty much an obvious you know evolution at this point. You're just gonna be buying a PC that's in a either an Xbox or a PlayStation case. Um, yeah, and it's I just mean, gonna behave exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you think about it, the it for for something like Microsoft, it does nothing but help them if they can then access if they can use that one platform to access all of their games. Uh, and I think that's kind of the that's kind of what they want to start going to, which would be pretty you know pretty good idea. Yeah, they they've they've heavily announced all their first party titles are going to be hosted on the Windows Store and the Xbox Store, and you you buy it one place, you play it anywhere. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, they usually have some hardware on sale too, like Steam controllers. Steam, controller the Steam controller are and Steam Link. Off, or yeah, thirty percent off. That's a good buy. Yeah, I, I just said though, you want to make price. me really like treat the Steam sale like you know, come on, discount the Vive, let's go. But no, no. <laughs> not this year. Maybe next year. Um, probably next year actually, because the Vive is so high on the the, the price point that it's uh, it's it's not going to come down for a while. But I think it's going to have to to compete with the other ones. I mean, eight hundred dollars is great and all for the quality of the product, but that's not going to catch the attention of most people. It's just way too freaking high. 
mean, that's where the PS3 started. It's true. I mean, they they what eight hundred eight hundred bucks, and people went, "Are you kidding me?" And and I think it's it's if you want to grab the early adopters and squeeze a little extra money out of it, sure. But uh, I mean, even even Sony went, "Yeah, there's no way in hell we could maintain this price and actually, you know, pull off a a decent you know uh, sale point." So yeah, before the PS4 was off, it was da- all the way down to two hundred and fifty. But I mean, that's partially because manufacturing gets a lot cheaper over time. Sure. Also. Well, it it helps when you you're a man when you're a hardware house. You know, you can actually you know innovate and improve the the price point really well. It's a little bit harder for like Oculus where they're you know they're they they're going to struggle I think to get the price point down. I think Oculus is actually going to is going to really feel the heat in this coming uh, VR war between you know Sony Vive and and uh, the Oculus because it's I don't think it has the capability or the backing to actually compete on the same level as as the other two do. Yeah, thirty five dollars is not a bad price. I don't think for the Steam controller. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting here just cruising through it, just looking at some of the stuff that's on there. They got the whole Deuce X bundle. Uh, just to your point, Pokey, how you can like scoop up a. Uh, you, like you said, the definitive pack, or you know, with all the iterations and DLCs, the Deuce X bundle it looks like it's running around eight dollars and twenty four cents. That's pretty wicked good for that. Yeah, I mean, the base game's five bucks. <laughs> it's seventy five percent off the normal price. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, it, worth picking it up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that that's the cool thing about Steam is like it, they will have a lot of older games in there, but the a lot of the games, uh, you know, they they hold up really well. I mean. You know, cutting edge graphics, whatever. Uh, but depending on the type of game, a lot of these hold up really, really well, uh, and that's one of the reasons that I've found a lot of a lot of value in Steam. You know what well, I got for nostalgia? What's that? The the old Rogue Squadron that that used to be able to run oh, like yeah. the GameCube. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's on there now, and that's 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 legit. Cheap too. That's cool. A couple of bucks. I think it was three dollars, four dollars, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Man, I tell you, if if somebody comes out with a with a Star Wars game that's like basically you take Val, you know Eve Valkyrie and then reskin it to to be all Star Warsy and throw in some like cool voice actors and stuff, that it, that would sell like absolute <laughs> bananas. Well, they do have that uh, X Wing expansion for VR for Battlefield that's coming out. I think they showed E three where it's it's a VR segment, but you're in an X Wing slash Tie Fighter kind of dogfight sort of deal. I think it's an add-on for Battlefield. It's not, uh, or sorry, Battlefront. Um, but it's 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 definitely what you're describing. It's just for VR. Hmm. Yeah. Now I I knew they they were trying to upgun the upgun the uh, you know Battlefront, and, and apparently they're also coming out with something that sort of sounds feels like a uh, like a storyline uh, in the in the update that they're coming out. Is it, I don't know if it's an update or literally a version two, but. Uh, I think Steam also touts somewhere around 100 VR-capable games that are somewhere nested into the summer Steam sale as well. Mm-hmm. I assume the majority of those are, are really just glorified tech demos, though. At this stage, probably. Um, I, I think a lot of the games coming out are, are pretty small, or the, the little mini games are, are side expansions to existing games that happen to be VR-compatible. Um, I think it might be a while until we see... Uh, people really diving into the VR for software development until the, the hardware yeah. has proven itself. Another thing probably worth mentioning for Steam is the Steam Workshop, which is actually pretty cool. It's basically, uh, if a game is Steam Workshop enabled, it, it basically allows people to upload mods that are compatible with Steam Workshop, and you basically just hit install, and it handles all the modding for you. It just kind of 
plugs in the uh, the Steam Workshop mod, and it allows you to, to, to mod your games on PC a lot easier rather than trying to go through custom console commands and stuff like that. So um, that, that's another really good a good bit. I, I've had some good experiences with that and, and getting some some games like uh, Torchlight 2 is one I played quite a bit. It's kind of a Diablo clone, really good. Um, but they had some really nice mods for the people built, and it was basically literally click one button and and you've got it. You know, it, it's about as pain free as you can get. So that's another really nice bit that, that Steam has going for it. So um, again, definitely worth checking it out and, and seeing what they have to offer in that in that regard. Yep, that sounds like a plan. Uh, so anything else on Steam before we move on, guys, or PC gaming in general? Fallout Four is fifty percent off. Really. Yes. Is that is it fifty percent off from sixty? I assume. Uh, yeah, it is nice. thirty bucks right now. So if you haven't played that, I don't know what's wrong with you. You should go do that. All the Fallout games are on sale. It looks like um, New Vegas twelve dollars, three twelve dollars, uh, Game of the Year edition for both of those. So get all the DLC. Have some fun and waste your life. Well, especially since some of the uh, new uh, workshop expansions are coming out, and those are little $5 or less mini expansions that are mm-hmm. usually for the settlement building, some really cool right. stuff coming out uh, for... Uh, for uh, the, I think they debuted two of them at E3, and then there's Nuka World expansion, which is like a Nuka uh, post-apocalyptic-themed theme park, um, which looks incredibly awesome. So that's coming out in August, I think, this year. So that if sounds you, right. Yeah, if you haven't jumped on the, the Fallout bandwagon and you like the Fallout games and you got it on PC, this is a good time to do it. 30 bucks is, is a really good deal for the amount of content you get. You'll, you'll sink a lot of hours into that game if you if you enjoy that, so that kind of gameplay. Also, Bioshock is on sale. You can get, uh, I think, Bioshock 4, or not 4. Uh, Infinite is, yeah, 70% off, so uh, $7.50. Pick that up, have some fun. I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah, it looks like Bioshock one and two are four dollars each, and then seven fifty for Infinite. So, yeah, it's a good way to enter series and not break mm-hmm. the bank in case yeah, you don't like it. Yeah, not feel bad about your purchase later on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so, moving along, uh, one thing I kind of wanted to start doing on the show here is kind of give people some ideas of things they can do for free gaming-wise or otherwise, on uh, both PC and uh, console. So I, I'd kind of like to have people kind of try things out. And, and as listeners, you can certainly you know suggest things that you find either on PC or console to try out for free demos, game demos, even if it's just the PlayStation Plus free games for the month. Um, stuff that we can try out and kind of talk about. Uh, and, and I thought it'd be kind of a good idea to give... Sometimes it's nice to, to break up your, your general... Uh, you know, day-to-day gaming with something a little new and different and not have to, you know, crack open the wallet for it. So uh, one thing that I tried uh, this week was the uh, Doom demo. And previously they had released a, a demo for the multiplayer in Doom, and this is for PS4. And, uh, you know, that was kind of cool, but I, I kind of wanted to try, you know, the, just the, the PvE aspect of it. And uh, so they finally released the first mission of the campaign for free that you can try out. And uh, I got to say that that was pretty cool. Um, if you want something that's just really straightforward one guy kicking ass and and you know of course gore as as doom always promises um definitely worth trying i had a lot of fun played through it a couple times and uh it, it was it was enjoyable it was exactly as i expected and i, I wasn't disappointed with it so i think that if you want to give the doom demo the campaign demo a try it's, it's certainly worth a shot um what about you guys? Any any free or really cheap games that you've tried on PC or uh, or console lately? It could be a demo, a game, uh, you know, free movies. I know those come out sometimes on, the, on different platforms. Got anything? Not really. Yeah. Well, 
Oh, I'm sorry, Vic. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say XCOM is uh, is free for the uh, Xbox game with uh, games with gold this month. Uh, I think that's going to be free until like the middle of July. And I downloaded it, I played it, and then I realized that XCOM does not work on console. You mean the the interface doesn't work, or well, yeah, well, yeah, the interface and the just the controls they feel weird. I guess they're kind of awkward, you know, um, as, as compared to PC. So I didn't like it, but I'm sure there's people out there who would. Um, the like in terms of free stuff, what I, you know, we've talked about it on the show before, but like what I think is, it, there's a lot of good like free to play games out there that you can invest money in if you wish probably the one that i think is um the most fun at least for me has been world of tanks that was literally i mean you downloaded for like literally nothing uh that was probably the best one that i've seen so the the best like current gen like console free-to-play game uh there's there's some other ones out there but that's probably the one that i can that like springs to mind i mean there's i mean if you think about it, there's actually a lot of pretty big name games that are, I think are free to play. Let's see, Dota, League of Legends, uh, Warframe is free. I'm not a big Warframe guy, but it, you know, for a free to play game, that's pretty solid. Um, Hearthstone, isn't that free to play? Yes. Yes, it is. That, yeah. That's a really solid game too. Yeah, I think that's... Here's think the that, Storm is as well. Yeah, there you go. Oh, hey, by the way, Zelt, in, in my homage to Overwatch, have you ever looked like looked around at the video games in the uh, in Lujang Tower? Um. Not not specifically there, but I I know that like in almost every game map where there is a computer screen in Overwatch, there's a there's at least one computer screen screen of Hearthstone. The uh, all the like a bunch of the fighting video games are all like Capcom oh, yes. style style. Yeah, but they're, they're all, all uh, they're all puns uh, on Blizzard titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, and the characters are all like uh, which like out of Heroes of the Storm. So anyway, sorry. The uh, as, as Pokey is like absolutely face palming right now, going, "You really should just stop talking about that game." <laughs> You're um, fine. <laughs> no, it's. But, but my point though was that uh, I think with the with the free to play slash uh, freemium model becoming, I, I would say it is clearly mainstream now. Uh, there's probably just as many you know big title games coming out that are that are free to play as there are. Uh, you know, at like classic premium prices. I, if you don't want to spend a dime on a game, there's plenty of things that you can choose from, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there's, and you brought up world of tanks. And I mean, that's a, that is a really good example of a free to play game. That is by far a, you know, a paid quality game where it's, you could drop 50 bucks or 60 bucks in that game and go, yeah, this is a good experience. And you wouldn't blink an eye. That's, it's just that good. So there certainly are options out there, which is, is kind of why I want to touch on this. Cause I think it is um, a lot of them get kind of overlooked because they go up. Oh, Free games are crappy, you know, uh, but I think there are some really good examples out there. So that's why I kind of want to, you know, like I said, if, if you guys you know find anything you like or if our listeners find anything that they like, I think it'd be a great idea to, to bring them on and talk about it because they can be really quite good and a good experience, even if it's just for, you know, a couple hours and then you're done with it. You know, it's it's still, you know, something to, to do and try and, and you don't have to worry about, you know, paying for it. So. No, I think that's uh, I, I think that's a good point. And actually, Pokey, something you said earlier uh, kind of brought something to mind. Uh, if you find like a really good demo, usually it's it kind of fits that niche. Um, you know, Doom. I, I have not played that demo, but 
what I've noticed recently is that a lot of the demos they'll put out are pretty high quality. Uh, and if it's, it's, it's usually like part of the first level, you know, minus some of the backstory, it, it'll be something or it'll be like one mode that you can replay, uh, you know, for a length of time. That's usually a good way to not only, you know, it does exactly what a demo is supposed to do. It lets you feel the game, but if it's a really good game, you kind of get that experience of like, yeah, I'm okay with, with just playing this for a little bit for free. And if it's good enough, yeah, I'll put some money into it. And that's, and I think, I think that's one of the big transitions in terms of like, uh, you know, free to play games is that they figured out if they make a really good game, people probably, they will probably make more money than they would if they charged like a moderate amount for the game. And then, and then people sought access to it. Well, uh, one so, of the, Go ahead, one I'm of sorry. the killer aspects of that is the fact that, like, I can decide I want to pay 60 bucks for a game. I th- I'll throw 60 bucks at a game like it's nothing, but there are tons of... But then if I want to play with a friend, a lot of my friends either can't or won't. Um, so, like, uh, one of my friends can't afford to buy Overwatch. And so, um, when he's over, uh, we play Heroes of the Storm, because Heroes of the Storm is something that he can afford. And I've spent money on Heroes of the Storm, um, but the fact is I can play with people who, who don't or want to or can't, and then people can, I, I can play games with friends I otherwise wouldn't be able to. That's a, that is a great point. That, that really is. It's, uh, I, I think that, that free access to the game uh, is an incredible driver of traffic into a game. And, and again, if it's good enough, uh, and they are very, very judicious about how they introduce uh, like microtransactions or, or the, you know, the, the financial aspect of the game, I, I suspect that is a, a better money-making model per capita than you know, charging you 60 bucks for a disc. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you brought like World of Tanks. I spent way more than 60 bucks on that game just initially because they offered a kind of a founder's pack, and I, I spent more than $60 on it um, because I was like, wow, this is really fantastic. I feel like investing in this game, it's, it's, it's definitely worth it. I mean, shit, we can talk about Danny <laughs> Fleetfoot playing Dust, how much money they got out of him. I mean, that's an extreme case, but I mean, it, it's been proven that the free-to-play model can produce a lot more money than uh, than a, a single, you know, a paid a single, you know, uh, paid purchase of the of the disc. So, I, I, you made a good point though that it is really important how they introduce their you know paid assets because that can really make or break a, a good free-to-play game. Because I've I've seen some free-to-play games where it's like, wow, this is this is really good, but then you know it's a pay-to-win situation or something that just it leaves you really bitter because at that point you're like, well, yeah, I could pay to get that advantage, but why should I have to? If they're trying to advertise the fact that it's you know it's it's free to play when in reality you, you really aren't being fair. So I, I think that is really important because I, I don't like ill-supported games that have a crappy uh, paid microtransaction feature. Yeah, the, like the best free-to-play games that I've seen, there's not a true paywall. Uh, like, you know, like either real or perceived. It's a, you can do as well as you want. It just may take you a little bit longer. Yeah, and that one's that one's key because a little bit longer can be stretched um, really, really far. Like uh, a lot of the stuff, and I'll, I'll bring up that one, just an obvious <laughs> example. More parts. Where they go, oh, well, yeah, no, it'll just take you longer. I'm like, yeah, it'll take me 15 years longer to get there or I could just pay for and it. And the game know? exists. Yeah, 15 it, it, years like, <laughs> longer than the game exists. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's a, a, an easy example for, 
you know, it can take longer, but it's so absurdly long that it, it might as well be uh, impossible to reach or to a point where you're not going to care anymore because it, it takes so long to get there. So that, that is a good qualifier that, you know, it, it really is a tough balance and, and some companies really nail it. Others do not. Um, I think Wargaming uh, does a really good job at that overall in most of their games. They 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 make you feel like there's, there is no paywall. You can usually get everything you want for the most part, um, or an equivalent uh, in a reasonable amount of time that, that you can get playing normally. It's not just this awful grind fest. So that is a, that is a, good, a, a good example of something to do opposed to a bad one like uh, the War Parches were in Dust. <laughs> yeah, because we're, we're still bitching about the game that, that got shut down. That's that's where we're at. <laughs> that's, that's what the sickness looks like. But uh, yeah, any, any other... Uh, Comments on on free games or or demos or, or things you guys want to talk about before we move on? Yep, I got nothing. Okay, uh, then we'll probably move into kind of our our main topic here, uh, which is games we wish somebody would make because it would be awesome. Now, I know Jay, you mentioned earlier that you want a really solid, you know, uh, Star Wars, you know, dogfighter simulator. I mean, uh, do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, sure. So uh, the the just so you guys understand, like this topic actually is, is this is one of the fun ones we get to talk about on a, on occasion. Uh, it was a, it was an organic discussion that we were just having about uh, you know uh, something else entirely. Star Trek. Yeah, start which we will get to uh, Star Trek, and it, it was like, wow, I wish somebody would make a game like X. Or hasn't there ever been a good Star Trek game? You know, that was basically how the conversation got started. Um, so what I here's here's a couple of the things off the top of my head, I'll throw them out, out on the table and we can kind of kick them around and then feel free to feed off of them. Um, I remember playing uh, Star Wars TIE Fighter like back in, in college, like many, like, you know, 20 years ago back in college playing Star Wars TIE Fighter, which is a fairly simple, but a really fun kind of lays and blaze kind of uh, dogfighter game. Uh, the X, the X-Wing games back then were actually really good too. You, I, you know, had a joystick for my gigantic, you know, computer that Fred Flintstone was back there chipping away, you know, on the graphics. Um, but that I, like a refresh of that would be great. And I was thinking, well, wow, if they could take something like Valkyrie and, and make a Star Wars, like space, bat tactical space battle game, or, you know, like a dogfighter type game. That'd be pretty cool. The other one that uh, that was kicking around was actually Star Trek. Uh, I had to do some real digging, and there there has not been a really uh, you know definitive Star Star Trek gaming experience. There's been several offerings at, at different points and times of, of Star Trek games, and all the way from first person shooters to an MMO Star Trek online, which is interestingly enough coming to the console here, uh, late summer or in the fall. It's terrible though. Well, I, I thought that's what you were telling me, but I went back and look and apparently it is. And you know, since the time it was released until now, it's five or six years, it's gotten like a massive facelift. And when you look at the, Hey, let's do the replay of this game. Like, like all within the last year, hands down, like dramatically, dramatically better than apparently it was in the first couple of years, of the, you know, years of the game. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, but there's not that definitive, you know, game if you, for Star Trek, if you asked about Star Wars, uh, I think a lot of people would point out there's the battlefront game, which is not bad. The original one I think is actually better than the current one. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. And then all, all the Knights of the Old Republic, uh, that series was just phenomenal. And and that probably and that truly actually started that sort of genre of uh, what I would refer to as like the you know what we now think of as the, the current big scale storytelling RPG on consoles or even in the, in the PC world that really got started with uh, Knights of the Old Republic. So th- those were very definitive offerings. Uh, and there were several pretty high quality Star, Star Wars games throughout the year. Like you go, you go all the way back to like, um, you know, God, uh, whatever, the, whatever happened after Nintendo, whatever GoldenEye was on. Um, that, yeah, Whoa, there you go. Is it GameKeeper or N64? That was N64. N64, N64. Yeah. N64. There we the, go. There's, there's a lot of great, great games dotted out there. Uh, but there's nothing really that I could point out to for Star Trek. So definitive Star Trek. I think Zell's got some comments on that one. Yeah, there. Um, I mean, back in the back in I want to say the early 2000s was actually some some really good titles. Is actually, um, uh, as mentioned, they had an FPS, Elite Force One and Two. Um, oh, there, there's actually there's been like probably there's probably actually been close to 40 or 50 different Star Trek games at least. But I mean, the ones that were good enough to get sequels are probably the ones worth mentioning. Um, Elite Force One and Two are first-person shooters based on um, Quake Three, which put sets the sets the era there, um, and uh, they were pretty fun. Um, they were one of those, you know, like Quake Three itself, back in the time when first-person shooters were endlessly moddable and you had third-party player-created maps everywhere, which has become kind of a rarity today. Um, actually, that was one of the things I loved about all of these is that almost every one of them had a decent. A really solid modding community where you could really customize the games to no end. Uh, there was a Armada One and Two, which was an RTS. Um, there was uh, Starfleet Command One, Two, and Three, which were all like it felt like kind of a na- almost almost like it, it's like maybe like a almost like a submarine battle um, in space where you have your one ship and maybe depending you might have you know two up to two allies with you, but it was is you generally it was like three different ships versus three other ships and and uh, um. They they gave you a lot of control on individual systems and and power output and stuff like that. It was it was pretty neat. Um, but yeah, I mean there there were a lot of fun Star Trek games back in the day. But there are also you know you have to set the expectations on the games you get based on them being from back in the day. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's fair. I mean it you know at any given time if you Google up um, how many different Star Wars games are in some form of development. There's always some. There's not a lot I've seen for Star Trek, and I'm kind of surprised at that. Based on you know, you get the the new movies have been coming out and they've been fairly well received. I think it'd be pretty cool if they could bring back like what I thought. What I was thinking was, you know, something kind of along the lines of uh, you know, kind of that Knights of the Old Republic sort of feel, or really Mass Effect. Uh, well, there, so there's the Mass Effect thing. I was thinking more along the lines of uh, sort of the Dragon Age Inquisition style, uh, which is really like two or three generations beyond KOTOR. I mean, that's like a direct DNA chain from it, but um, that was sort of what I was thinking. That was a little, that was definitely more story driven. It had, had some action in it. And then you could, you know, in place a space battle system uh, that was pretty, pretty legit. And that, that was actually one of the, one of the areas that uh, Star Trek online, I think had generally gotten good marks for was its, uh, its space battles, uh, which were reportedly, pretty pretty decent in terms of how they operated so if there's a way to blend that in i I think that would be something that i would like like folks to make you know take a stab at a good star trek game 
story driven, but I don't want something on rails. Like, you know, I don't really want to play like a known character. Uh, interacting with them and being in that world is great, but, you know, sort of choose your own adventure style. I think that'd be really cool. Weren't they working on one, I think E3, Ubisoft was trying to make like a... They're making a VR they're making game. A VR, game. A VR, they're not adding anything, it's just like, what, VR simulation? It's like yeah. uh, up to bridge four... Bridge simulator. Right? Yeah, up to four people on the bridge of a ship, yeah. Yeah, that actually looks pretty cool. I, I that's that's I will really buy a VR take. headset for that. I'm I'm if if it kills my wallet and I go buy a vibe for the full eight hundred, <laughs> I'll do it. I don't care. That's that's. I mean, a good Star Trek game will get me to spend a lot of money. So, so in case in case we haven't mentioned it on the show recently, Zell's Twitter is at OCD Trekkie. <laughs> like like <Yeah>. for real. <laughs> So hence, when people when people start talking Star Trek games, you can you can safely assume that I actually own every single one of them they've ever made since like in the last thirty years. Well, now actually, Zell, do you mind doing just real quick uh, making your Mass Effect your your case for how Mass Effect is a reskin Star Trek sh- uh, it, Star it, Trek game? Well, I mean, it it basically is the the modern successor to to Star Trek in an era where. The Star Trek franchise has been sold out to make action movies by Fast and Furious directors. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just in in every way that you can that you can say about what Star Trek is and and was meant to be, I think Mass Effect has done a really good job trying to be that. Um, probably even more so going forward with their supposed heavier focus on on exploration coming up in the in the next game. No, I, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, Mass Effect is is a, a good example that you could take that um, take a lot of different games and, and sort of apply a quote unquote Mass Effect model to it. It's a, well, and, and it turned out pretty good. And it's a strong, um, it's an ensemble crew type of franchise, and and a lot of the varied races that they present in in Mass Effect you can pretty directly uh, correlate to uh, a Star Trek comparison. So. Um, there's, there's just, there's a lot there that I feel is is very directly relatable, and I think that Mass Effect is a much better presentation of a video game of that type than anything Star Trek's done in the last ten years. Probably right. All right, so how about it, guys? Just what do you think? Games that you want somebody to make? Bait. What do you got, man? Oh, uh, okay. uh, come back to me. I, I got one. Hey. So, w- w- why the hell haven't we remade Tron? With next gen, great. Like, That's a like, great question. Like, like we got they got CCP's Project Arena, which is the disc battle, but there's so much more from the original game. That's little derpy sprite based game that would be awesome with next gen technology. Well, what what I can't figure is like, like even beyond that, like they've actually built out a ton of like lore and story and world in Tron that most most people aren't aware of, but. There, there's been, I think, two or three Tron video games, actual like decent attempts at them, but they were just not that good. And for a movie franchise that is almost like entirely based inside of a computer game, like you would think that you would think that they would be able to knock this one out of the park. Well, especially with all the VR stuff going on, I mean, it makes perfect sense. It, it fits the canon of what you're doing as you're inside, you know, basically a VR headset. I mean, it would. I mean, life cycles in VR. I mean, come on, like who wouldn't want to do that? That, that would be, be amazing. Legit. Like that whole scene in the movie, the 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 new Tron yeah. movie. Uh, give me that. Like I'll play that all day. Like that would be 
I'm not even a racing game guy, and I I would eat that shit up. That's that would be fantastic. And there's other elements to Tron, the movie and the original game that that would just be epic. Like I, I, it needs to happen. That's just that's my pet peeve one with, with VR coming out. Why don't we have more of this? Because there's got to be a market for it. I mean, come on. Yep, I'd buy that. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Um, let's see, Heracles, you up? Hi. Sorry, what was going on? Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is be interesting. So, uh, like, what is a game that uh, you wish somebody would make? The, something you doesn't matter what console or platform uh, or what style. What's something that you wish somebody would make that nobody's making right now? I don't know. I'm having too much fun with Overwatch to care about to even think about that. Okay. All right. Sorry, can, 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 can you hear my Sorry, eyes rolling out of my table? <laughs> <laughs> the I'm not, like? not, not going to lie to you. Even I was having to get the face palm going on that one. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Uh, another one that I would like is uh, there hasn't, in my opinion, been a decent Sonic game since Sonic Adventure 2. Um, oh, and there's, oh, there's, yeah. there's, there's been a lot of them since then. Um, I just want another good one. <laughs> well, well, wait now. Wait now. Sh- uh, was it Shadow of the Hedgehog? is pretty good, right? Just it, I'll kill you. I'll, I'll cut you. Hey, Pokey, what about I, Sonic? I don't know. What about Sonic 6? Oh, my God. Like, there, there was a boardroom meeting over at Sega where oh, they said, Pokey, okay, I think let, you're let's, making let's, a hostile work environment for, for Deer Bait here. Well, let's, let, let's take a Sonic game. Okay, okay. Remove all the parts of it that make it good, okay, and give him a gun. Awesome, right? And they went, yeah, yeah, ship it. Let's do this. And I, I, I No. Don't even start with me. That was it was a pile of shit, and there's been nothing but shit ever since then. I, I can't even handle <laughs> what Sega has been doing. Dude, eight year old me enjoyed Shadow of the Hedgehog, like which is exactly the eight. target market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I is was, the target market. I, I was a tad a tad older than eight at the time, so if if it worked for you, sure, great. But it, no, it was it was shit. <laughs> I will say, uh, hey, Sonic Heroes was good too. I like that one. Uh, I, I, okay, I, I will digress. That, that I've heard that the Sonic racing game, in which they take the fastest oh, hedgehog in yeah, the world no, no, no. and put him in a car because running, you know, is too hard. <laughs> um, I've heard that one was okay. <laughs> but that, that's that's honestly right up there with uh, every time I take my son to uh, like we go we go shopping uh, to to grab him a toy or something like that. I'm always puzzled when I see a toy of the Flash, you know, the fastest superhero alive, like on a fucking motorcycle. That one <laughs> I've not yet figured out. Oh, uh, that shit drives me nuts, man. It's gonna be like a branded car too, like you know, yes, it's the Flash, exactly. it's the Flashmobile or something like that. Yeah, That's I'm like, it's like for real. No, all right, Livy, help pull us out of this tailspin. This tailspin. What, what, is, what, is, what is a game that you know you want other than Voltron? Because we know you're a Voltron girl. But like, uh, like what, uh, <laughs> what? What is a game that nobody's making that you want? I, I'm in it. It is remake, but I want them to go back to. I don't know if anyone remembers the old games like Streets of Streets of Rage. Um, what was it? Golden Axe. Those yeah, old yeah, absolutely, scroller. Absolutely. I think they should bring that back and make it more of an open world kind of thing. I mean, the I can't even remember what most of those were about, but have you, you mean uh, like stuff like Gauntlet, or you mean like the side scroller scrollers? The side scrollers. Okay, yeah. No, th- there's. I mean, that used to be like that was kind of the definitive sort of arcade style. Style. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's uh, a lot of great ones out there you can probably pull from. Okay, I just thought of something from left field. Shocker. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. 
A sequel to Path of Neo. To what now? The Matrix, Matrix game? Yeah. Uh, can't say I've played that one, but uh... yeah, not, not not a lot of people did. Pokey, I think that's the problem. Never heard of that. <laughs> okay, I don't. I I would absolutely hate myself if I posted spoilers for Path of Neo. But um, uh, the uh, who are the the Wachowski brothers who are now the Wachowski sisters? They have like basic, like you know what you got. You get generally the idea of Path of Neo is they kind of tell the story of of Neo throughout the the Matrix trilogy, but. What the Wachowski brothers did, who were avid gamers, is they basically decided they didn't need to follow their own movie exactly. So they put all kinds of quirks. They had added extra, like, fighting scenes. There's, like, a special level where you fight ants for no reason. It's a crazy fucking game. Oh, my God. But, oh my God. yeah, it's I, lo- I absolutely adore that game. You, you guys have missed out by not playing Path of Neo. But what they really did what was crazy was that they completely changed the ending to their own trilogy at the end of Path of Neo. Like, it's... It's too. It's like a monster truck style fight style ending, and they like insert their own special dialogue into it to explain why the ending to Path of Neo is completely different to the ending of the Matrix trilogy. So yeah, that game is nuts, and uh, yeah, the ending is different than the ending of the Matrix trilogy. So yeah, that's why I want to see a sequel to that. Looks like it's got like uh, the combat from the Batman games. Mm, uh, I don't. I wouldn't say no. It's. It's. I think it's better combat. Of course, I might be just looking at it through like rose-colored nostalgic eyes. But I mean, the Batman combat is is like what the fuck is going on in this game? Wait, wait. It's it's nuts. It's a nutty game. Is this one with the giant statue that he fights? Is this this the one that I've seen videos of? Where he fights um the um yeah like. I, I wouldn't use the word statue, but yeah, bas- basically. Oh dear, uh, dear. Mon- it's a monster. It's he basically fights like a monster truck version villain. Oh goodness! Yeah, okay. I got one. I got one. This I got is special. One. But yeah, just trust me. They, they add okay. so much crazy Bane, little please, twist in there. It's please awesome. bring me back into the rails. <laughs> okay, so a, a daredevil game. Has there been a daredevil game? Ooh. Um, he's been a character in games, I but I don't think there's been a. I don't there hasn't been, been like daredevil a standalone game. there. That's what they should do then. Well, that would. Um, it'd be, it'd be I, kind I of interesting. Just, you could do like could, a, a pseudo assassin. You, you get to play it without like without any like video. <laughs> it's anything. just like it's a dark screen. <laughs> you have to listen. Well, <laughs> it would, well, hold on, hold on. Like, like the, the 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 visual effect they did in like the first Daredevil movie, that kind of had a sound wave. Call. That was actually really good. That that could I was, I was getting that like Yes, that's the, he had like fucking yeah. heat vision or some shit. No, yeah, he yeah, actually. It's, had, it's like an echo location. No, he actually had like... the vision that he has in the comic book. <laughs> Jesus. So, the, the, there were, that was actually, that's actually, I, what I could kind of see is maybe not so much Assassin's Creed, but maybe more Tomb Raider-y style. Like, cause he's, I can do that, yeah. He, well, because that's his whole thing. He's like a super acrobatic uh, yeah, yeah, parkour kind of guy. Yeah, you could do that. That that would actually be. I think that'd be pretty cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of good superhero stuff that hasn't been tackled. Um, oh no, absolutely. Like one of the things I, I wish Rocksteady would have done is done something different than a Batman game. Like after they got through the Arkham, I know they're doing. I know this. I know the inside the cow, the VR one that they're doing is. I I truly believe that's literally just a one off. Uh, but I would have liked Rocksteady to have taken on some other big name characters. One of the things like <laughs> not Superman. So, well, I don't know. If you think about it, like Superman is no. incredibly hard to do. Yeah. Like, it, so but I would like 
I would like to see somebody actually try that uh, and do it well. There's been a couple that kind of there's one there's one game that came out I, I maybe for the or old Xbox or, the, or maybe the PS2 even. But it wasn't so much you were you didn't really have a damage meter like Metropolis had a damage meter. So it was how much damage you were stopping. You judged your success or failure. And that was actually, I thought, a pretty interesting attempt at trying to figuring figure out how do you how do you deal with Superman? But there's a lot of there's a lot of different, uh, you know, big superhero properties that would be pretty cool. Um, not so much a superhero property, but one thing that I've all that I really, really would like to see on a console uh, is MechWarrior. Uh, they, they've got Ooh. a very MechWarrior Online is a very thriving online game. Uh, in fact, you know, Mitch Mitch Gittleman, Jordan Wiseman, those guys over Hairbrain, they I mean, they created that whole BattleTech universe and all that MechWarrior stuff. Um, there's and, and it is a a really cool looking, you know, vehicle combat game, you know, you know, mech combat game. I would love to see that brought to the, uh, to the console, much like they did world of tanks, which was, you know, for a long time, a marquee, you know, like, yeah, you know, huge player population in the PC world. I would like to see that same world of tanks model applied to MechWarrior online and brought to uh, co- current consoles. That would actually do really well, I think, especially in the, the current trend of gaming. I think that that's actually a really good one. I, I would probably be all over that. I remember playing, oh hell, I think Mech Warrior 2 back on PC a long time ago. I think I was in elementary school at the time. I'm dating myself there, but that game was, was badass even at the time. I, I, I haven't really kept up with the series over the years, but I certainly on a free-to-play model, if it was a kind of similar business plan, like like you said, like uh, Wargaming has, I, I would probably jump on that in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's it, it's come a long way. Like it, it's on it's PC only, so I I run Mac stuff in the house, so I can't I can't even really play it. But I've I've seen it recently. Probably you know the last time I actually got hands on it was maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago. It's it's visually a really solid game, plays well, pretty smooth. And one of the cool things about it is that it's in, incredibly customizable now like in terms of like the layouts and how you structure the mechs and, you know, all this kind of stuff. It, it is a, you know, it, it definitely gets into a CCP-esque realm of uh, like spreadsheets and nerdisms if you if you wanted to go down that road. Uh, but the gameplay is actually pretty solid. Like I said, I, I would I would put real money into that. Like if they, they could free to play it all they want, but that's, that's a game that I would be willing to, to throw a you know, decent chunk of money on just because a I like the IP and b if they did the world of tanks model where where they're basically bringing over a known balanced quality product uh, yeah I'd be good with that. It, it's what funny I would like is the, for the video game uh, you know franchises that have started sucking to stop sucking. That's 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 my hope. That might be a little tough. <laughs> Yeah, I want I want Halo Five. Like for instance, I want Halo Channel campaign to stop sucking. And uh, sorry, it's gonna I'm gonna have background talk if I if, anyway. There we go. Um, yeah, I want like Assassin's Creed to get the multiplayer back. Like those are my two biggest uh, yeah, examples. No. Okay, no, I think that's pretty solid. Livy, you haven't jumped in here. You got anything you want to elbow in on? No, not on those. <laughs> okay. No, I I mean I I guess. I mean, what we're what we're all saying is, I think is, hey, there's elements of games out there, like really, really cool games that we've played before, 
but how do you either bring them into a different genre, like, you know, like a, or a different style of game, uh, or just flat out update them like with, uh, you know, something we played back when we were kids, you know, 15 years ago or AKA when bait, bait was in diapers, uh, and, and then try to, you know, like put it in the current world and current tech. I think that'd be, I think that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I think that, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I think that was kind of dropped a long time ago that could certainly kind of make a, a resurgence that I, like, like you said, there's there's elements out there that would do quite well. Some of them has to actually take the time to, to grab it rather than just sticking to some of the more uh, status quo stuff we see nowadays. It's unfortunately you see a lot of the same uh, running around a lot of these game conventions. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah. Now I, I, I do, I do think there are some games out there that are actually kind of changing up you know some different different styles of play uh like i actually really like mirror's edge i don't know if you guys have tried that one that's actually a really mirror's edge game. is really good i um I, i'm gonna get a new one at some point i heard that was yeah. really good too but it, i haven't tried it like that style of game i i think you could you could translate into several different properties i mean it would be really really cool to to kind of have that um that unique sort of like that feel of how that game plays there's a lot of things I would like to see them try, like in terms of like just free thinking, free thinking gaming, you know, which is, you will never get leak as long as there's uh big studios involved, I think, but it was a pretty fun little discussion there in terms of just things we might want to see, or maybe we can put the bug in somebody's ear. If we ever actually, uh, a have money uh, enough to affect the problem or B actually snatch up a developer from a, a big triple a uh studio that, that wants to hang out with us for an hour this for an hour <laughs> oh i want them to make uh a new pokemon stadium game i can buy that that one was pretty good when i paid, played it back in the day unfortunately that's yeah uh that's probably not gonna happen because i think they because you know the pokemon games are 3d now and i think one of the people at nintendo said oh you know the pokemon games are 3d now there's really no point in having pokemon stadium game because the poll thing was making it 2d 3d but i just would love to play a pokemon game on my you know tv set i think they're underestimating the potential there at nintendo well there's that pokin game which is the pokemon tekken crossover sort of fusion thing that, that they came out with. that's not obviously not the same as pokemon stadium but kind of did you a different I, I, look I, at I'm, it i'm absolutely going to show my ignorance on this because i know nothing about pokemon as i yeah, refer to it, refer to it. <laughs> um other than the fact that we don't like, like I absolutely refuse to allow my kid to, to play anything with Pokemon on it. Uh, oh, did you just say a Pokemon and Tekken crossover? <laughs> okay. Crossover is, is a bad term. I think it's still just better. Pokemon, it's, but it's, it's a fighting game style. It, it's, thing. it's a Tekken I style would, game with Pokemon characters. I it, would play pay absolute real cash folding money to watch some of those little furry Pokemon get like their face like just triple stomped I, in I'm by pretty like sure a big it's, robot dude. I'm pretty sure it's family friendly. <laughs> it, um, it, it's just Pokemon versus Pokemon, but, but uh, it, it is a, it is a, an interesting look at, at ways of taking the franchise away from just the core uh, typical gameplay. Bait, bait, speaking of uh, Pokemon Stadium, which I I didn't play, and it looks like yeah, it is a I. okay. It looks like it's an N64 title. Did you see a Pokemon Coliseum or XD Gale of Darkness? What are you talking about? Okay. Um. They were GameCube games that that oh. pretty much fully transplanted the um, the uh, you know Game Boy experience into uh, GameCube and 3D and such. Um, but uh, and and it was so so far a, a honest con- uh, 
honest crossover that you could use the cable, the uh, link cables to trade Pokemon back and forth with Game Boys. So stupid! This is the stupidest successor for the game for the GameCube ever. That's that's actually kind of a cool cool thing, Zell. You know, you know what you just made me think of is uh, kind of going back to the like cool. You know, something I'd like to see is a. Um, Magic the Gathering non-card game game like you like that Ooh. you could you could take oh, that whole you could do IP it, you could do an RP, uh, yeah, RPG you could, out you of that truly do like if you imagine that like in a Dragon Age yeah. Inquisition style like you could turn that into like a really bitchin uh, RPG game I bet I mean did you ever play the uh, the old the old uh, Planeswalkers Magic the Gathering game for uh, it it ran on Windows ninety eight it did not run on Windows me and up. Um, uh, I it, was it was it still a card game? It was, was still, still a card. Game? It was still a card game, but you would actually, uh, you, you actually could be walking around in dungeons and walking from town no, to town. I, no, and I then, did not. And you could I did not play that. Buy and sell different cards at different towns, and and you'd run into certain, you know creepy necromancers and do battle with them and such like oh, that. Oh, and all the combat was, that was the card. It was the card based combat, but then you yes. had like the little animations and stuff. No, I, I know the game. I think I remember the game you're talking about, but I don't remember. It was good times. Yeah. And, I don't remember and, playing a lot and, about it. You know, these days, supposedly the, the new magic, the Gathering card game games aren't that bad, but they're all like, you know, my biggest pet peeve with the digital versions of, of card games game? is you still have to buy freaking packs. And that's what they yeah. do these days, is, is the new Magic the Gathering, you know, game exists, and you buy packs. It's like, okay, why would I buy a digital pack of cards that work for this year's game and have no real value whatsoever? I, like, what, what I would love to see, to be honest, is I, if you want to do, like, a digital card game right, include, like, a QR code in every pack of cards that you sell that has, like, the cards, the... The digital version of the cards that you physically just bought. That so you can play would be online. a great idea. Yes. Actually, that would be that's cool. pretty solid. Like no, I mean that that would be re- that's a really cool. I'm not going to buy some just digital only cards, but no, if but, I can buy the physical cards and also play with my friends online, yeah. There I mean, you go. If, if you think about it, you could do that with it. Like if you go back to the, having a Pokemon game, like there's like that kind of cross like cross genre promotional stuff would be really cool. Uh, I I used to collect. Uh, magic cards like way back when i was in college I actually probably still have some around there I, I suspect there's a few of them that actually might be worth money the uh, but no that would be that would be kind of cool and, and it, it's i'm thinking of my son who plays uh was it the, the little disney toy box uh the disney infinity thing like if you yeah they're shutting like, that down i heard i can't imagine oh, them do that they? thing's going pretty strong i thought I, i'm surprised they're doing that but um but if you had something like that where like you you're if you're playing the if you're playing the game the walk around game and then you you got like a QR code or whatever that you got like a a spell a tool or a card or something like that that you could apply in the game you know that would be really cool yeah, yeah. they they announced they're shutting down Disney Infinity um they announced it on May 10th of this year <laughs> and the studio that makes the game yeah they're they're uh they're kind of, I, I, I mean, they've been kind of moving away from making their own video games for a long time, and I think they're pretty much fully pulling out of it at this point. Huh, that's interesting. I did not know that. That's unfortunate. I, I like, like Jay said, I thought that was going pretty strong. I thought I saw they recently updated it, but 
I guess. Uh, it's on its way ahead. out, and of course, it wasn't that long ago. I think it was maybe last year or the year before they killed LucasArts and shut down the, the Star Wars 1313 game that they were working on. And well, yeah, I mean, did, they, they shut down 1313, but it's okay because Visceral's making it. Disney has pretty much just like killed all in, in-house video game development. I wonder. Why, I wonder why that is. That's that's you know, their mo is usually they want a lot of that stuff controlled in house, or they're just not interested in making Disney theme games anymore. But that's that, that's going to be rough though, because I mean they're going to have to sell the the rights to make Marvel games. I mean those are going to keep coming out forever. So that's weird. Yeah, I just hope they, hope they don't. I hope they sell them to somebody that knows how to make a game. <sighs> yeah. Because you know where they'll probably turn to first, and that's not going to be a good thing. Anyways, guys, any other thoughts on this before we start nope. kind of closing this up? I think we're kind of pushing time here. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. I got got no save rounds on that one, man. All right. Well, uh, we will probably revisit, revisit this again at some point as we think of no more stuff. But if uh, any of the listeners have ideas or, or thoughts on this, we can certainly talk about it on, on later shows. So, uh, you know, as always, give us your comments on, on the website or on the forums. And we, we post it on the dust forums because that's still a thing. But uh, let's move into uh, shout outs and we'll probably bring this one in for a close. So uh, we'll start at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. Shout outs, man. I'm going to give my shout out to uh, CCP Frame for maybe a week ago reminding everyone that if you get banned from the the dust forums, there's no way to come back. <laughs> yes, the dust forums have permadeath before Star Citizen did. I, every everything is going to have everything before Star Citizen does. I'm, I'm, I mean, let's let's just think about that. The form meta for dust outlived the game. I mean, that the form warriors are in the end the last survivors. It's it's. I find it infinitely hilarious. But, it's uh, strangely fitting, right? It, it just it just works. I, I know Zell at one point wanted me to uh, appeal to the devs to replace uh, the Dust Five One Four logo in the upper right hand corner with Dust Form Warrior Five One Four. Anyways, uh, Bates, shout outs, man. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Arkina. Um, I've been playing Minecraft with him recently, and that has been a hell of a lot of fun. So, I think that's my only one. Sounds good. Heracles, man, what's going on? Shoutouts? Uh, yeah, shoutouts to everyone here for, like, randomly dragging me in here and embarrassing me before I was ready. Um, Shoutout to uh, my most frequent commenter on my YouTube channel, or one of them, Clavin, for not abandoning me. And shoutout to some real-life people for dragging me to a rock show this weekend. <laughs> Who did you go see? It it was um, the Amnesia Rock Fest in Quebec, and uh, there was a huge lineup of bands. If you if I told you the names, you would be like, "What year is it?" It was like some forty one, Blink one eighty two, um, Ice Cube. It's pretty random all over the place. There was a lot of like it was the, like there was heavy metal, rock, other stuff mixed in. But you're you know, you're, you're literally reciting my iPod playlist. Blink one eighty two. Okay. No, some forty one, man. I, I I loved that shit back many many moons ago. All right, uh, Jason, shoutouts, man. Sure, I would. Uh, I'd like to give a huge shout out to uh, to the UK for uh, making the news cycle this week. <laughs> huge fan, huge fan. Uh, they can no longer act superior to us. They they can't. They don't have the right. Ah. Uh, 
well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say I would say they're probably closer to it now than they were previously. Uh, at, at least, I, you know, whether you, whether you whether you buy into the ideas behind it or not, and, and if you don't live in the country, and it's it's you know, it's our our opinions are are mildly interesting at best. Uh, but whether you believe in what it is or not, like they did have a national referendum, which our country doesn't have, uh, people voted and they decided something. And I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of a good thing in some ways that you, that a country actually wants to control what goes on in its own, in its own borders. So, uh, that being said, who, who knows if nothing else, it, it did, it allowed me to have some fun, you know, and some, there's some great comedy skits and good political cartoons that get thrown around. So my shout out is to the Brexit vote. And, uh, whether you, no matter where you fall on that one, whether you, you think it's a good idea or bad, I think there's pros and cons to it. Um, it, eh, it was newsworthy. So that's my shout out. <laughs> nice. And, uh, Livy, shout outs. Uh, yeah, we'll see if, uh, they vote again to stay back in. They're kind of having a last minute afterthoughts on that one. But <laughs> um, I was I was I was just surprised to be honest um, that of that such a, a monumental change to their government can be decided by two percent of the population. It's just like for, have, have you seen one of our presidential elections lately? Well, <laughs> that's that's fair. But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like. And, and I think that if Donald Trump wins, we will all we will be experiencing the same uh, same thing that uh, the UK is experiencing right now. Buyers are more on a possible, yeah, buyers are exactly. more on a national level. Um, but it, like you know, it's one of those things that strikes that me that like if we want to pass a a constitutional amendment requires like a vote of two thirds and like the ratification of three quarters of the states, and then they're just like you know what, straight fifty fifty, let's do it. Um, that it, it feels like there should be something more, there should be a more serious agreement before you decide to like upset 48% of people's happiness to attempt to please 52% or something well, like that. You know? Yeah, well, well, you know what the funny thing about that, uh, that, uh, I think they're calling the, the regrets it, the regrets it poll. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the funny, the funny thing about that, that was actually started. That petition or that yes, that it was started was by started someone by who voted for who wanted to leave. Yeah. No, no, but they started it beforehand because they they were they knew it was going to be close, so they wanted to they were trying to set it up where exactly what you said, but on the opposite of it. And in fact, they kind of got put they kind of they kind of got the cold shoulder prior to the prior to the vote by the other you know by their the opposite party in the. Uh, in the in the discussion, I guess the the stay stay in the UE uh, crowd. Then suddenly they figured out, oh wait, this maybe this was a good idea to have this clause in the, in the referendum. So it's it, it'll be kind of interesting to see how this all all plays out, if nothing else. Yeah, the interesting one for me is I've got a friend who lives in Scotland, and um, prior to this, Scotland actually had a vote to see if Scotland wanted to leave the UK, and uh, it was very controversial, and as it were, they decided to stay, but now that uh, Britain has decided to leave the EU, Scotland is probably going to re-vote on leaving and will leave the UK and then rejoin the EU with its own separate country, because they actually, for the most part, want to be in the EU, and they don't want to get dragged out of it by the by, by England basically so that'll also be interesting to watch no i i well to me if if the uk actually leaves uh 
the, the reality is the, you know, like, as I take my, you know, my two minute or 10 second political, you know, shot at this one. If, if the UK leaves, there, there's a reality that between Germany, France, and Britain, that they drive somewhere around 80% of the EU's economy. So if, if you think about it in this kind of system where that where where the ends of the spectrum are so wide financially, um, this was the, this was never going to work because if you have like Liechtenstein with an equal vote as the UK uh, on financial matters, that's not that's not happening. Uh, that and the fact that over the last five years, the amount of bailouts that the UK and Germany had to give uh, in UK and Germany in particular had to give every other country in the EU because they were getting torpedoed. They're, you know, they're, they couldn't manage their own internal finances. I, I was actually kind of surprised that Germany stuck around this long, frankly. It makes me wonder, though, you know, if this does go through in two years and Britain does leave or the UK does leave the EU, if we'll see anybody else um, either leave or attempt to leave. I, I it, it it would not surprise me. I mean, there was a tweet with some funny suggestions. Uh, I leave Austria. Names for you know <laughs> all the different other exit votes. No, I, I'll I think that it, up. I, I, the the best one I saw so far was that uh, Australia was voting to leave the AU, and they just want to be called Australia. That was uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty solid. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting uh, how that all plays out. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a well, shit show one way or well, another. What, what I do know is they definitively said that no matter what happens with the Brexit vote, it will not affect Game of Thrones. So after that, oh, I gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, my shout out. It's actually not so much a shout out. Oh, I'm sorry, did I miss thing? No. Okay. Um, I, I forgot to mention something earlier, but uh, apparently at uh, select locations around uh, the U.S. at least, they are going to be uh, offering a demo for PlayStation VR. So they've got a website. We'll get it up on the the, the blog post with the, the podcast here. But you can go to the website, type in your uh, zip code, and it'll tell you the stores in your area that will have the PlayStation VR available to try out. And they've got a, a bunch of games on there. I think Valkyrie's on there. Uh, the new PlayStation Worlds, which is the one that comes packaged with the uh, VR bundle and, and a couple others to, to, to sink your teeth into. So uh, definitely good if you haven't had a chance to try a VR headset of any sort to go check it out and uh and see what it's all about so you, you you know that when i say you don't get it until you've tried it you actually understand what i'm saying so uh that's all i've got so with that said guys i, I want to thank everyone for for showing up for the show and uh yeah, all the listeners both streaming and uh recording so i, I appreciate you coming on and uh want to wish you to have a good night and good luck <laughs>